Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AMA 20 brings you Faith Alive, inspiring talks from the finest Catholic speakers. Today, a special treat from Father Joseph Sebayiga, a priest from Uganda and a graduate of the Pontifical College Josephinum. Father Joseph offers the listeners of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio this Advent reflection. Here's Father Joseph. Enjoy! I am Father Joseph Sebaiga, an alumnus of the Josephinum, a priest of the Archdiocese of Kampala in Uganda, Africa. It is a privilege for me to have come to the USA to have known Ellen Decker and through her to know Bill, the Executive Director of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, and to know Dave, the Program Director of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio here in Columbus, Ohio. And what an honor to be given an opportunity to present something to the listeners of this wonderful radio. Let us begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Lord, our loving Father, As we move into the Advent season, grant us the serenity to accept the people we cannot change. Give us courage to change those that we can, and wisdom to know that it is our very souls whom we can change. Through Christ our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Allow me, dear friends, to talk about the Advent. Dear friends, we all know that God created the world and entrusted it to human beings, but we abused it. Adam failed to believe and obey God. God tried to change us and the world for the better through sending us numerous prophets, but boy, their messages were falling on deaf ears. Israel, as a nation, failed to believe God and to obey Him. If we were God, what would you do to such humans, the people you created, the people you love, the people you do not want to see perish? We do read in John chapter 3, verse 16, and I quote, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. End of quote. This is the Advent time to prepare for the coming of God is only begotten Son. Allow me to add three contributions to what you may already have prepared to meditate upon in the Advent season. And these are, number one, our need for God, number two, our trust in Him, 
And number three, staying with him. We move to number one. Advent is about letting God come to us because we need him. Just like we need an ambulance for the sick, a plumber to fix water pipes. God is the only Savior and the only answer. There is a story about a man who got an accident and his legs were broken. The man responsible for the accident ran out to the victim and offered to take him to the hospital. But his victim told him that is not the right solution for him. He said, take me to the carpenter because my legs are wooden. In the same way, God is the only answer to our predicaments. He's the only one we need to give meaning and purpose to our broken lives. We are like people, prophet Isaiah's time, whom he said that instead of walking the light, they were walking in darkness. Instead of hope, despair. Instead of freedom, slavery. Instead of peace, wars. The dark clouds are hovering over us, even in the Catholic Church, and people are losing hope. On our own, we cannot overcome this. We need the divine intervention. It is here that the confito in mass makes meaning. To do acknowledge that we have not been perfect, hence we pray for healing before Jesus comes at the consecration. In the confito we pray saying, I confess, I do admit Almighty God, and I admit to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have not only sinned, but greatly sinned. Sinned in my thoughts, sinned in my words, sinned in my deeds, sinned in my omissions, that I am a sinner, that I have failed to be what God created me to be, his beloved child, failed to be his beloved priest, failed to be a good parent, failed to be a good teacher, and failed to be a good citizen. Hence, relying on his mercy, relying on the intercession of Mother Mary, the intercession of angels and saints, and on all the people of goodwill, so that I may be redeemed. Isaiah chapter 40 verses 3 to 5 says, A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places plain. 
and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. End of quote. On June 19, 2006, in an ecumenical meeting in Argentina, in which even Cardinal Berigogilio was present, towards the end of the meeting, the Perster MC, realizing that among the speakers, no one had come from the Catholic Church, he beckoned on Cardinal Berigogilio, who was seated at the bark, to come forward and say something. On reaching the podium, Cardinal Beligogilio only said a few words and concluded by saying, Father, we are divided. Unite us. Then he knelt down and asked those present to pray for him. The Cardinal presented the reason why we need God. He asked for prayers because we can only rely on the everlasting arms of God. We cannot win this struggle alone. We need to be united with one another and united with Jesus Christ. For in John chapter 17, verse 20 to 23, Jesus prayed saying, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me, and I, and I am in you. May also be us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. End of quote. What do we have on our agenda for Christmas? What is on our to-do list? As Uganda was preparing to welcome Pope Francis in the year 2015, we got so busy working on the Martyr's Shrine, paving the roads, concerned about the security detail, invitations, and entertainment, till the Archbishop Emeritus of Kampala, Emmanuel Kadnoamala, came out strongly and boldly, reminding us that the same efforts we are putting into the roadworks should be the same efforts and even more that we should be putting into making our hearts and souls ready in welcoming the Roman pontiff. In Advent, we are waiting for someone much greater than the Pope. Christmas decorations are okay. Shopping is very good. But we should not forget getting our souls ready through confessions. 
Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2 says, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in dark land, the light will shine unto them. My brothers and sisters, allow me now to move to the second point. Apart from the fact that we need Jesus to come because we have messed up and we cannot save our souls, question is, shall we believe and trust that you overturn the harm we have done to this world? Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my right hand. End of quote. We should therefore have the hope that salvation is possible, that we can become better people and the world can become a better place. Let me throw more light on this using my life. When I was a deacon at the Josephinum, and it was my turn to preach at Josephinum in the St. Tribius Chapel, the teaching staff had assigned Mrs. Mulligan, Sister Caroline, and Father McDermott to evaluate my homily. As seminarians, we dreaded Father McDermott, calling him that Jesuit, tough son of a gun, because he was too smart. Now here, he was on my evaluation panel. Immediately we sat around the table. Father McDermott said, Well, Deacon Joseph, I will go first. And my question is, are you an artist? I answered him saying, I used to paint pictures, but nowadays I do not have the time. And to this he responded by saying, that is the end of my evaluation. Now, the other staff members made their comments about the tone of my voice, about my arm gestures, but boy, I was thinking about Father McDermott's question. Because here I was, having given a homily, and then you say, are you an artist? It was only after a couple of days that I discovered what was driving at. While I was preaching, he was seeing that unless I see something, unless I envision something, I cannot put it into words. I say what I see, or have seen, or have envisioned. So going back to our trust in God, it all depends on how we envision Him, how we see Him. 
if we see him as a loving God, if we see him as a forgiving God, we shall open up easily to his son in the Advent season in order to be healed, in order to be forgiven. In Luke chapter 15, verse 17 to 18, it says, When the Lord's Son came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against you and against heaven. The prodigal son realized that his father has too much love, even to the hard servants. Your and my return to the father, your and my prayers to the father, will depend on how we see or we envision him. When Father Perigogilio was chosen to be a bishop, he chose, Out of mercy he called me for his motto, which he has kept up to becoming the Pope. In Latin, Miselando et que aligendo. Father Beligogilio, Bishop Beligogilio, Cardinal Beligogilio, and now Pope Francis always viewed God as a merciful God who is willing to enter through any doors in order to reach out to us. Doors of which the building in which the apostles were locked because of fear, the doors of sickness, the hard doors of those who have spent years without going to church or to confession, even the doors of hell. God is ready to enter into those doors. We should therefore learn to see God as a merciful God, then we shall have the trust to open our closets to him in order to be renewed. In the Gospel of John, chapter 11, verse 40, Jesus said to Martha, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Dear listeners, before my third point, a recap of point one and point two. In number one, we said we need Jesus to come because we cannot save ourselves. Emphasis there was on our need for Jesus. In point number two, we said for him to save us, we need to trust him. Emphasis was on trust. Now, in point number three, we have to stay with him. And the emphasis here is on to stay, on to be, on to remain with him. 
Young children are darlings. They will always run to the manger. Take a look at baby Jesus and the surroundings. And they will always refer to him after that meeting. Which means that they will continue to carry him with them in their eyes, in their minds, and in their hearts, even when they have left the church. If we need him to come and trust in him, shall we therefore receive him like the children do? Luke chapter 2 verse 7 says, And she gave birth to her son. She wrapped him in clothings and placed him in a manger because there was no room in the inn. Question is, Will Jesus find room in my house this Advent season? Will he find room in my heart? Will he find room at the place of my work? Will he find room in my timetable? Will he become part of my life? Will I welcome him into my schedules or not? One day, after I celebrated Mass in Uganda, I picked up a young child of about four years and held him in my hands as I spoke to his parents. Now came a comment from this young boy. He said, Father, you smell like the church. At first, I did not understand his statement, but later, when I smelt my cassock, it smelt incense, for we had used incense in mass. Dear friends, will there be a moment when someone says to you that you smell like Jesus? What a compliment will that be? It will mean that you have stayed with Jesus long enough to smell like him, to be like him. In Uganda, we have both the president and kings. When kings decide to visit their subjects, it takes days of preparations, and sometimes people spend the eve of the visitations awake. Last year, when the king visited my area, some men spent the eve drinking, and by morning they were unconscious, only to be told two days later that the king had come and gone. Question is, will Jesus find you awake and conscious in the Advent season of this year? Or are you going to be distracted, just like those men who were unconscious?
When we stay with him, we shall bear good fruit. For John chapter 15 verses 1 to 2 says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that bears fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. End of quote. So we are the branches, but what kind of branch are you among the following five branches? Branch number one, a parasite. These are actually small trees that grow off other trees, but they more or less look like branches. Now, Palazite branches add nothing to the tree, but only to suck food out of them. People who are like the parasite branches are the people who contribute nothing to their families, who contribute nothing to the church, who contribute nothing to their country but are simply feeding on them. Am I like the parasite branch? Branch number two, a dry branch. You have seen dry branches on trees. These have nothing to add or to contribute to the tree because they are dry. You cannot give what you don't have. People compared to dry branches are people who do not feed themselves on the word of God, on the sacraments of God. Hence, they become dry and cannot give anything to others. If you don't recite prayers with other people, then you have nothing to offer. You become a dry branch. Branch number three. Branches that produce too many fruits but end up breaking before the fruits arrive. These are the people who have a lot of wealth. People who are spiritual giants. People who are very smart, but do refuse to share what they have. They end up dying with their riches. That's the branch that has so many fruits and breaks before the fruits are ripe, failing to share what we have. Branch number four. Branches that produce sour fruits. I bet you have all tasted sour fruits from some branches. People of this kind are the perpetual complainers. People who are always negative 
and such people cannot bear good fruit. They cannot do anything without complaining, without being negative. And lastly, branch number five. These are the branches that accept to be pruned. People of this category are the people who accept positive criticism. People who are humble enough to be corrected. And these are not many. Now, dear listeners, to which group do you belong? Are you a parasite branch who wants to be fed but not willing to feed others? Are you a dry branch that you have refused to be fed by Jesus in order to feed others? Are you a branch that does not want to share with others? Are you a branch that produces sour fruits because you are always negative, always complaining? Or are you a branch that is humble enough to be pruned in order to bear more fruits? Jesus has said, I have come so that you may have life. And I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you stay with me, you are going to bear much more fruits. Now what can you do about the kind of branch that you are in this Advent season? So that together with Jesus, you may bear good fruits. Dear friends, going back to it all, we have seen that the world that God created was good. It was wonderful, but we abused it. Adam and Eve were sent into the garden, but they were not humble. They were not obedient. They did not want to stay in the garden. Now the Son of Man comes into the world. He goes to the garden to the moment even of shedding tears in the garden. On Christmas, we shall celebrate his birth and we shall have a Christmas tree for him. We shall have the red color. We shall have the thorns. We shall have the animals all around the manger. And his very life placed in the manger, meaning that Jesus is food for our souls. The red color meaning that he's going to shed blood for our sake. The thorns that will be crowned with thorns. The Christmas tree that he will be crucified. 
showing to Adam and Eve and to us human beings who are not obedient that we refuse to stay in the garden. We went and ate the fruit from the tree. Now when the Son of Man comes, he said, I'll be humble enough. I'll accept to be crucified on that same tree. And when even he was tempted in his human nature to say, Father, why have you forgotten about me? But in the end, even though he could not get an answer from his father, he said, I know you love me, and into your hands I commend my spirit. What a lesson! As we are compelled to do things that we may not like as human beings, but to be in sync with the will of the Father. We are very proud of the St. Gabriel Radio, Catholic Radio in Columbus, Ohio, because it was through Gabriel that the message came the good news to Mother Mary. At first, as a young girl, did not understand what it was going to play out like. But in the end, he said, let your will be done. The son of Mary on the cross said, let your will be done. Let us learn to do the will of God our Father. And dear now friends, let us conclude Let us conclude with a prayer. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. I will continue to pray to all of you, dear brethren, especially the listeners of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, that we may be humble enough to accept who we are. God is not going to drive us away. Let us be humble enough to learn from one another, for no one is perfect. Let us be humble enough to accept our failures. For God chose the glory. God chose the simple people in order to make them great. You can never become great on your own. It is God who is going to exalt you, who is going to raise you up like he did to Mother Mary, like he did to his son, that he has done to us so many saints we know in the Catholic Church. Let us strive 
to be what we are meant to be. Let us always be aware that we are beloved children of God. Our failings begin from forgetting who we are. When Pope Francis came to Uganda, he told us especially the priests, the religious, and the seminarians that you Ugandans remember, never forget, never take for granted. Remember, never forget, never for- take for granted. Let us always remember where we came from. We were nothing, but God chose us to be his beloved sons and daughters. We came from nothing, but God entrusted everything beautiful he has created in the world and placed it into our hands. Let us remember that. Let us not forget our Creator every day of our lives, for is the reason why we breathe. When we think about the people fighting for oxygen in the hospitals, and for us we are breathing freely, let us not forget His love. Let us not take for granted everything that we have. We are blessed in the USA to be a free country, to have the freedom, to have the liberty, which other people are not enjoying. Let us not take that for granted. To all the listeners and the staff of the St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, I wish you a blessed Advent season. I wish you a Merry Christmas. I wish you a prosperous 2020. And may God bless all of you and keep smiling. Faith Alive is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. You've been listening to a special Advent reflection from Father Joseph Sebiega from Uganda and a graduate of the Pontifical College Josephinum. Coming up right now from wordonfire.org, Bishop Robert Barron and his reflection on Isaiah chapter 2, God's Holy Mountain. Here's Bishop Barron. Enjoy. Well, I'm recording these words as we begin the liturgical season of Advent. And of course, Advent is a great season. It's the new year for the church. The new liturgical year commences with Advent. But also Advent in a way, speaks to the whole of Christian life, because all of Christian life has a waiting quality to it. We're waiting for the coming of the Lord. The last words of the Bible, you know, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. So that sets the tone for all of Christianity. It's, a, it's an Advent spirituality. Um, I want to focus, though, on a, a great Advent figure, namely the prophet Isaiah. 
I might recommend to everyone listening uh, during Advent, take out your Bibles and read through Isaiah. Now, you might need a good commentary. It's a little obscure in places, but he's one of the great uh, Advent figures the church proposes to us. And I want to focus on the second chapter of Isaiah, which is one of the most lyrical passages in the Old Testament. Here's how it begins. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest mountain and raised above the hills. So Isaiah is looking forward to a sort of a political moment, if you want, when the, you know, the king of Israel, the definitive son of David, is going to um, you know, gather everyone in this, this highest place. But it has this spiritual overtone that I want to focus on. That the mountain of the Lord's house is the highest mountain. What's the highest mountain in your life? That's a really good spiritual question. Every one of us has something or someone or some principle that's of highest value. We're interested in a lot of different things, but there's something that's of highest value that everything else tends to revolve around. At the time of the Messiah, the mountain of the Lord's house will be, must be, the highest mountain. For Jesus to come now into your heart means that. He came 2,000 years ago. He will come at the end of time. But he's coming even now into everyone's heart and mind. Think of you know, the Zacchaeus story when the Lord says, Zacchaeus, hurry, come down. I'm going to stay in your house today. That means the house of your life, you know, your soul. So Jesus wants to come and stay. What it looks like is that. The mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest mountain. So that's a, a point of um, searching moral inventory, if I can use that language. As we look at our lives, and, and we have to be honest about it, it's, it's very important. You can't dissemble. You can't play games. What's the highest mountain? Now, it might be money. It might be power. It might be your own ego. It might be your career. It might be your family. I mean, all in themselves good things, but they can't be the highest mountain. The Lord's the highest mountain. Now, when that happens, what follows? Now listen to Isaiah again. All nations shall stream toward it. Many peoples will come and say, come, let us climb the Lord's mountain to the house of the God of Jacob. Again, it's sort of a political vision of all the kings of the world coming to this central place. But put it now in this sort of spiritual context. When the Lord is the highest value, what's going to happen? Then everything else in you, think of all these other kings and nations, are your mind, your will, your body, your sexuality, your passions, your public life, your private life, your friendships, your hobbies, everything right that makes you up. When Christ is the center, he's the highest point, then the rest of you is meant to be drawn to that place. What happens is we, we fall into an interior warfare, typically. So this passion fights that passion. This interest fights that interest. My mind wants this, but my will wants that. My public life goes here, my private life goes there. That means all the nations that make me up are at war with each other. When the Lord comes and he's established as the highest point, 
then all of it should stream toward him. All of it subordinated to him and his purposes. Now listen how explicitly Isaiah makes this point. He shall judge between the nations and impose terms on many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. One nation shall not raise the sword against another, nor shall they train for war again. Now, political sort of ultimate cosmic vision, yes, it is that. But stay with this imagery. The Lord will judge between the nations. See what's going on there is once he's the highest mountain, then he's the criterion. He's the judge. He's the criterion by which everything else is evaluated. He will impose terms on many people. So here's all the parts that make me up, and they're fighting with each other. They're at war. All right. When they all surrender to Christ, then he imposes terms on all of them. And what happens? That's when they beat their swords into plowshares. Swords, the, the instrument of, of warfare, now become the, the instrument of cultivation. They, and, they'll, they'll, uh, 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 and they're spears into pruning hooks. So weapons of war become means of cultivation. When everything is subordinated to Christ, then peace breaks out in me, in us. When he imposes terms, so it's not my ego imposing terms. Think of, if my whole life is, is governed by my egotistical plans and desires, then the ego's imposing terms. That just leads to more warfare. Or my career, or my desire for money, or my desire for fame is imposing terms on all that makes me up. Warfare uh, obtains. And this is true now for every sinner on the planet. We all know what this is about. But when Christ is highest, he imposes terms, then peace breaks out. Look how it ends. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. So that's what it means when you get your house in order, when your interior life is properly structured, peace breaks out and luminosity comes forth. You walk in the light of the Lord. The church proposes this great image, Isaiah chapter 2, of, of God's holy mountain, as a, a point of, um, of meditation and a point of spiritual discrimination. So I would urge everybody listening now, during Advent, take the time to do that searching moral inventory. What is the highest mountain in your life? And be honest. And then see if you can get all of the warring factions that make you up into a harmonious relationship around a common submission to Christ. And that's a great way to prepare for the coming of the Lord. Faith Alive is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. You've been listening to Bishop Robert Barron and his reflection on Isaiah chapter 2, God's Holy Mountain. Thanks for being with us today. We're going to round out this hour with musical selections from the Benedictines of Mary, Queen of the Apostles, and their album, Advent at Ephesus. Thanks for being with us. God bless, and have a great day.
Thank you.